thank you for tuning into the Growing Pains podcast brought to you by Honey Kids Asia. This podcast tackles the constantly changing landscape of modern parenting and provides an opportunity to navigate the challenges we face every day as parents. My name is Ange. I am a mum of two boys and I'll be joined by my co-host Sam, who is a mum of one. In this episode, we are going to talk to Annabelle Chu. Annabelle is founder of WeBar, which is a very popular fitness studio with many locations in Singapore and Hong Kong. She also co-founded a parenting Instagram community called Tiger Mums Club that provides mums with so many tips and tricks to conquer motherhood. And today we are aptly discussing tiger parenting, the pitfalls, the positives, and where we sit in terms of tiger parenting ourselves. And let me tell you, I was quite surprised by my own answer to this question. So listen on and enjoy. So Angie, what are we going to talk to Annabelle about today? So Annabelle is here today to talk to us about tiger parenting. So Annabelle, maybe introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit bit about you. Hi guys, Um, I'm Annabelle and I think Sam has given me uh, a given a brief background on what I do. Um, I'm also a mother to a one and a half year old now. I used to have a background in music. I was a professional musician for 10 or 12 years before I started We Bar. Um, Yeah, and And we have a second one on the way. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So, Annabelle, of course, we've we've got you here today to talk about tiger parenting. Yep. So, what is tiger parenting for our listeners? I mean, I'm no expert. I'm not the go-to person for tiger parenting. And so, I just start by explaining, you know, how the name Tiger Moms Club even came about for the Instagram account. Um, I think because, you know, we're all in Asia and I think tiger parenting is something that gets brought up a lot and some people even make jokes about it and I think you know it's quite funny how cultural you know shifts and approaching approaches to parenting have changed um, over the years so when we wanted to come up with a name we wanted something that you know drew back to our Asian um, sensibilities and background but at the same time we hope to shed some positive light into tiger parenting as well that it may not be necessarily just the you know the, the caning the enrichment classes the only desire to get straight A's, but it could be a positive spin as well in, you know, parents just simply wanting the best for their kids. Anyway, I digress. Um, So I think traditionally growing up in Singapore, what we know of as tiger parenting is a very strict upbringing, which means do well or you're nothing at all. So in terms of grades in school, that's super important. Like you have nothing to show for unless you're the top in class. I don't know, depending on how strict your parents are, maybe top three is not good enough. You have to be like number one so that, you know, at Chinese New Year gatherings, they can show off to your aunts and say, hey, my girl was the top of her class, you know, things like that. But it also comes to things like discipline as well. You know, children um, should be seen, not heard. They're respectful. They address their elders. And I'm not sure if you guys know in, in, in Asia, you don't just call grandma and grandpa. There are a ton of different names to address. And, you know, knowing how to address your elders properly with politeness and respect. So it's it's just many of these things. And it's not just academics. It's extracurricular, learning piano, violin, gymnastics, ballet. Like, basically, they're training like superhumans. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that you were brought up, like your mom kind of 
was a tiger parent or a tiger mom? Actually, you know what? Funny thing is, she was. She kind of is and kind of wasn't. I think she was strict on the behavior, you know, side of it. But academics wise, she wasn't really. And I was quite an academically driven kid. I did really well in school, and I often like regretted. And I tell my friends, I wish my mom was more like hard on me with schoolwork because she just felt like. As long as you got good grades, you know you're doing good enough. She's happy,、um, but I'm like, well, why don't you, you know, push me harder, take me to enrichment classes? I could have done a lot better. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe it's one of those things, you know, you always wish what you didn't have. But but she wasn't too too crazy. Um, I mean, I grew up with a tiger mom.、Yep. Um, I'm not Chinese. I'm Vietnamese, but you know, we have a Vietnamese word for tiger mom, and you know, she she was very strict about being. You know, you gotta be the best in class, or at least top five percent. You know, if you come home with like a B, that's horrible. The world is going to end with a B.、Yep. So you know, it was very stressful growing up like that. But I I suppose I mean. You know, in some way, perhaps having a tiger mom. I mean, for me, it kind of shaped who I am today.、Yeah. But of course, it's different experience for for other people. Okay, so your mom wasn't a tiger mom. I don't think she was. Like, I think she was stricter on my younger brother and sister. But I think it's because they weren't academically as strong. So I think she trusted that I would get my. Stuff together, you know. So she wasn't very strict on me. Yeah, I think that was same. The same with my my sister. Because I mean, my sister went to Harvard, so my mom didn't、yeah. really care about what she was doing. But、yeah. I guess for me, it was very different. So you have a one and a half year old baby.、Mm-hmm. Are you planning on、tiger、being a tiger? Yeah. <laughs> are you planning on being a tiger mom to her, or、yeah. you know, what do you what do you think? So you the、plan? the interesting thing is that I would like to share with you guys that my husband and I had a conversation right up till like I don't know a couple months before she was born because you know you got to have these hot conversations. How do you want to parent your kids? You know, all all that kind of stuff. And my husband, he's Australian, and he said, you know, I got to talk to you. We can't cane our kids, you know that, right? And then I was like, I looked at him. I'm like, sure, yeah, we're gonna do that, because you know that that was how I was brought up. You know, that's that's how you instill discipline. Um, even the Bible says, spare the rod and you spoil the child. And he's like, no, that's like you know against it. And then I was like, I wasn't trying to fight him, but I was saying like, honestly, you know, in Asian culture, you know, like like you said, Chinese, Vietnamese, Thais. Bringing up children has more or less been the same, you know, over over different generations, different decades, centuries. It's very village-like, right?、Um, grandparents, relatives are heavily involved in that process, and it's a very communal kind of, you know, situation. And I think everyone plays a part in taking care of the kid, and how they were raised has been. Pretty much the same, and I tried to think about you know what I read about Western parenting. I'm not sure how many of you guys know that you know that has actually had a stark difference even from the 1950s up till now. So、um, I shared a little bit on my Instagram that you know one of the pioneer pediatricians in in the U.S. back in the 50s he wrote a book. Basically, it's how to parent kids, and the book actually word for word says, "Do not cuddle your kids." Don't kiss them.、Um, don't hold them too much because you will spoil them. If you must shake hands with them in the morning, do not kiss them good night. Hearing about this right now. 
sounds absurd, uh, you know, absolutely absurd, right? But the thing is, you know, like back then, it was very common to have babies start on solids from as young as four to six weeks old. Then it changed to be about 12 months old. So these are experts. I'm not talking about some random person writing a book, but these are like doctors, you know, experts. And even then in one or two generations, these guidelines have changed so much. So I think what I was trying to say as well is, you know, there's no hard and fast rule. And I'm like, you know, Western cultures, they're always changing all the time. Let's stick with, you know, what we know. And strangely, after she was born, I didn't think too much about that because obviously you don't think about disciplining an infant, right? I just thought to myself, how do I want to do it? And surprisingly, I felt like tiger parenting is probably not my sole approach. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what limits I have with it yet. Um, will I cane my child? I think I probably will not. Am I academically focused? Absolutely not. Yeah, I I really don't want to stress her about, you know, studying and exams because I personally feel that there is so much more than just acing your grades as, you know, you guys can see these days. You don't necessarily have to go to university to, to do something with your life. So I think what we want to do is to give her the tools, support her the way that she needs to hopefully when the time comes that she will make the decisions that she feels are right for herself. And honestly, if she doesn't, like, you know, there's no like hard and fast rule. By 21, you've got to get your life figured out. Maybe you get it figured out at 25, maybe you get it figured out at 30. Whatever it is, I think as long as the foundation is good, you know, she is sensible. I think we've kind of done our job as a parent, really. So then would you say that you are a tiger mom or definitely not or kind of a modern take on tiger parenting? Um, I think you should ask my husband. He was dead sure that I would be a tiger parent. But honestly, I don't think I am. I think I am very much instinctive and reacting towards, you know, what she wants to to learn, what she wants to do. Of course, there are boundaries like, you know, you don't jump off the table and you don't crash into the pool and things like that. There are limits, but... Yeah, I don't feel like, you know, I, I put strict rules around like, let's go to enrichment classes right now and train your right brain. You know, not that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting because there's, when you read the definition of a tiger parent, and it's yeah. very much around success, academia, it's also around, obviously, making sure that they are the best at a lot of different things so being well-rounded as well as the kind of authoritative side of parenting but it's interesting when you think about the concept of tiger parenting I I was very sure that I'm not a tiger parent right (laughs) but then all both of my children do a lot of activities right and there are some that I have definitely pushed them into so for instance piano because I felt it was really important for them to learn or have exposure to music from an early age and then also swimming because we live in Singapore <laughs> there are pools everywhere and yeah. they don't have gates and I just need them to be competent well, swimmers I see so that as kind of like a life skill you know you, you should learn to swim <laughs> exactly but there have been a lot of times that I've stood next yeah. to that pool and they've both been crying at me saying no we don't Aww. want to do swimming anymore and I'm just like boys this is the one activity you're doing for me like so so there are some aspects of tiger parenting that I think you know unwittingly or unknowingly I've kind of taken on which is so for yourself obviously being a musician before and are there things that you really feel 
that you would like your children to have exposure to or they must have exposure to and obviously yeah. one and a half is is quite young so yeah. it, they're not things that maybe you have started them on now I think if you ask me right now I'll be like do whatever you like but whatever you choose I ask that you commit to it for a good amount of time before you want to give it up yeah, so with my music education, I actually begged my mom to sign me up for piano lessons. She was like, yeah, just study, it's okay. And I was like, I really want to learn a piano. And I was really good at it. So over time, um, she was like, yeah, okay, fine. You're really good at this. Let's really make it, you know, something that you do. So I think with Ari and I don't know, for, for the second kid, yeah, like I said, commit to it for a good amount of time. I think there are some decisions that we might make on behalf of them, like swimming. I'm living in Singapore and, you know, eventually we'll live in Australia. I think it's important that they learn how to swim. Like they don't need to be Olympic swimmers, but at least do not drown. That's that's all I ask. A hundred percent. So, Annabelle, would you say that some of your friends are tiger moms? Yeah. Have you seen the tiger moms in action? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not a positive or a negative thing. And like I said just now, Tiger Moms Club is about reinforcing that. Because ultimately, what do we want? We just want the best for our kids. And how we define that from parent to parent, it's so different. So yeah, I have friends who are legit like Tiger Moms. And honestly, their kids are thriving. Their, their kids are so clever. They're so smart. They do like, you know, a gazillion things. I have friends who've very proudly proclaim on on social media that you know they're a tiger parent like Drea who's the co-founder of oh, Tiger yes. Mom she's like yeah I'm a tiger mom 100% but but the thing is there's no one you know persona in terms of like qualities that fit a tiger parent in my opinion so okay this is what we heard so far so some people say that tiger moms you are super cold and authoritative what do you think again that's like the asian parenting style right mm. my parents weren't the most affectionate and I can feel like I speak for most Asian parents that that you know um, that I know of especially in the previous generation they're cold they're authoritative because that's the way that they were brought up as well because they 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 think you know it's it's a form of respect they don't apologize to their children because why should I apologize to my child, you know, that, that sort of stuff. So I don't think that that's uh, something that results off tiger parenting, but I think it's how cultural norms have evolved over, you know, generations that, yeah, inevitably gets, gets pulled into. You're listening to the Honey Kids Podcast Growing Pains. I'm your host, Ange Nia. Did you know that over half a million mums and dads read Honey Kids every month? Amazing, but true. If you would like to know all the great things to do in Singapore, then you absolutely need to subscribe to our newsletter. It delivers the best of Singapore right into your inbox every week. So you'd say that Asian women are more likely to become tiger moms versus, you know, like Australian mom over here. Um, (laughs) She's probably not going to become a tiger mom. I mean, I know I will eventually be a tiger mom. I think absolutely just because you're growing up in that environment, that was how you were brought up. That's how your neighbors are brought up. And then you just don't think about it. That's how you're going to bring up your children. And because you want the best for your kids, right? If the girl next door is going for violin lessons, for sure it will cross your mind, damn Am I like, you know, is my child missing out if I don't sign her up for it? Um, Let's just, you know, 
put her on classes and see where she goes. So I think it's just, you know, that, that sort of, yeah, culture. And in Singapore, there are so many activities for children. Uh, there are so many classes compared to, say, like, you know, Australia, where geographically, it's just difficult for them to go to classes all the time. And I think it's also a result of working parents in Singapore. They are so busy all the time. As much as we want to spend time at home with kids, we can't because, you know, we work so much. Um, and, you know, one way for them to still benefit and, you know, thrive is to go for, for classes, you know, be around other kids, um, learn activities while they're playing instead of just staying at home with a helper all the time. You mentioned before that obviously some of your friends would consider or proudly say that they are tiger mums and you've seen, you know, some kind of positive effects in relation to their children's yeah. development and and growth. I mean, what are the effects that, that you have observed or that you have seen from you know, tiger parenting, have there been, obviously there's a lot of positives to every um, parenting style, but positives and negatives perhaps of what um, you've seen? I don't know too much about negatives, but let me point out some positives that I've noticed. Like some of my friends, their kids are just so smart, so smart. They're like three or four. And the amount of knowledge that, that comes out of them, it like shocks me. I'm like, why do you know so much? You know, and then there's, you know, kids that are so busy all the time and they're able to take that because not forgetting in Singapore, by the time you get to primary one, those primary one worksheets and exams are so hard. So I think in a way it's preparing them for real life of the reality that, that you know, is, is in Singapore. School is competitive and the, the level of and standard of education is really high. So I do see the benefit in starting, you know, early and giving them that head start in life, for instance. What kind of activities would a tiger mum enroll their children in at, you know, a really um, young age? Okay, some things I've heard of, I don't know for sure because I haven't been there. Something that um, someone told me was right brain training. So that's something that came out of Japan and babies as young as, I don't know, three months, six months. And then they do like this, like really fast flashcards. Have you guys seen that? I have seen something like that yeah, on TikTok. Yeah. So um, it's for real. And, you know, obviously they don't don't know what's going on, but it's meant to train their right brain and it results in, you know, linguistics. They're able to read from a really young age. Yeah, so things like that. And if you ask me, would I send, you know, my six-month-old baby to, to like some enrichment classes, I would be like, probably not. But I know of parents who do it and they really enjoy it and they do see the benefits of these sorts of training. So I think that's one that I've heard of. Um, I think baby music is something, you know, that's very common. And I think that's quite fun because, you know, babies, because I, I did, you know, early childhood music as well. Babies are born with the natural uh, natural instinctive ability to, to engage with music. So I think that's, you know, quite fun. Eventually, I think, you know, things like Montessori and Richmond is very popular as well. Well, are you looking to enroll Ari in any of these classes? No. So I've gone the completely opposite. Like, you know, even I have surprised myself. And it's not a conscious de decision that I've made. I think if one thing motherhood taught me that, you know, I felt was really empowering is tune in to your instincts. There are hundreds of ways to parent your child, but really what matters is is your own. Um, so I've kind of done the complete opposite. So she goes for two classes a week. One is swimming because 
It's survival skills, very important. And the second is some some sort of activity like play play group that involves her getting active, getting messy and exploring. So we love these things called forest school. There's this wildlings near Dempsey. I just love her getting messy in the mud, just like falling over, picking up leaves. Yeah, just like, you know, playing out in the wild. Yeah, I think it's so important for kids to get messy, particularly when they're little. It's such a great way for them to learn through the sensory yeah, side exactly. of things. Yeah, my son did one of those, uh, yeah. a camp similar where they made bow and arrows and they ran around in the in yeah. the forest and <laughs> had to make a little fire and did all of those yeah. kinds of things. That was something yeah. different. But again... Maybe the tiger mum and me enrolled him into doing that for a new experience. Yeah, so I think I seek out classes that are like like that, like more exploratory, you know, just letting her do what she wants. We do this playgroup at Blue House as well, and I like that it's very open-ended. So they set up the space, and there's no hard and fast rules like you have to stack the cups up this way. They're like, the cups are there do what you wish. And and I think that's very much my style. <laughs> that's the current advisory, isn't it? That you should <laughs> let your kids do what they want. And, you know, we advocate that children learn best through play. But then yet some of us, like me, also believe children should also go to school and pay attention in class. And there's also my husband who does not believe in classroom studies and, and yeah. any of that and he's like you know just do whatever you want but commit to yeah. it just like just like what you See, say i think that that could be like a double-edged sword as well the do whatever you want so i've read all the books like montessori toddler the whole brain child no drama discipline which is everything that tiger parenting is not mm-hmm. um so i just wanted to see the other side because i roughly know what tiger parenting is i just want to see what the other side says before i make my decisions and to be honest I personally do not agree with everything that they're saying, but I feel like there are some things that, you know, we can take on board. Um, And, you know, there are some things that I just simply do not want to do. And I feel like, you know, that that is something that I can make as as a parent to pick and choose and see what works best for my family. I definitely want to send her to school. I think it's, it's healthy for her to, you know, interact with other kids and, once they get really active, I'm not sure if you agree with me when, you know, uh, they're a little bit older, it's nice for them to be out of the house for a good amount of hours a day just so that you get some quiet time. Or if you have a second kid, it just breaks up that, you know, craziness. Absolutely. (laughs) I also think, I mean, I've got two boys and they are very active and going to school allows them to, as well as learning and interacting and all of those kind of benefits of making friends and it's also burning energy that otherwise, you know, whenever we've had the kind of home learning phases, the biggest thing has been how to, how to wear them out enough so that they're tired enough by bedtime to actually sleep well, which became (laughs) a real challenge for us. And even when they were younger, you know, toddlers are so active, but they're, they need to be active to be able to sleep well. Exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, there's only that much of energy that I can dedicate to her at home. Yeah. So the funny thing was when we started choosing a preschool, I won't say the name. So we had shortlisted a couple and some of that. Yeah, we're, you know, super academic. Sam, I'll give you some of these names. Please. Um, yeah. They're like, you know, we do this and do this and do this. So, you know what? In the end, we went with a school that was very upfront with us. She's like, we honestly do not prepare these kids enough for the primary school system. We believe in open-ended play and, you know, that sort of stuff. I was like, yeah. Is that an international school? Uh, no, no, no. That's a, that's a preschool. 
Oh, preschool. Yeah, just like a preschool. I think they take them up to the age of six, mm. um, uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd love to get those names. I mean, yeah. I'm ready to I mean, I would love to put her in, in an international school one day, but the fees are just, oh my goodness. But we'll get there someday. But while we can scale back a little bit and closer to home, yeah, I'll just mm. let her play around leaves and twigs and that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I also think, I mean, the wonderful... Um, thing in Singapore is that they are amazing preschools and they do seem to have I mean there are some that are very academic and very focused towards you know our wonderful tiger mums which is and then there's others I mean my two went to a Montessori that was actually somewhere in the middle where they were led by the child and introduced a lot of things Mm -hmm. like reading and Mandarin but were very much led by the child and their interest and also their capability to learn more at which age which was a really nice balance and because my children were very interested and engaged with that they progressed quite quickly in a way that my husband and I really didn't anticipate before they started at that preschool so that was and it was something that was very unique to Singapore the schooling here and the options that were around which was wonderful yeah Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit about more, uh, a bit more about Tiger Moms, and you know how it's a positive spin on Tiger parenting, and you know how how is it standing out among other um, mm. uh, support moms groups? I think what we do is we target a wide variety of topics um, slowly, which is good because it means we have lots of content to share. But I think the 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 idea and the concept behind it is, you know, we present um, information and questions that are community have been you know um, wondering whether it's relating to breastfeeding baby led weaning sleep you know lots of topics as I mentioned and I'm a firm believer of that we present the information so that you can make the decisions that you want to and there's no hard and fast rule it's not like I'm going to ever put up a post saying feed your baby to sleep that's the only way that they'll learn how to sleep in a very attached and comforted manner I I don't think we'll ever do that. I think we'll we'll say like, you know, here are some strategies that you can adopt. And then based on that, to see what works for your family, because every person's story, every person's environment, their family makeup is different. So you have to find one that, you know, you're comfortable with, works for you, your kids, your partner. Hmm. And the name Tiger Moms Club, did you have um, Tiger Parenting in mind when you came up with the name or how did you come up with the name? Um, like I said, you know, it's it's a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing where we wanted to shed a positive light on, on Tiger Parenting. It is not all bad. There are lots of upsides to it because ultimately we just want the best for our children. And however that comes about, it doesn't matter. So what we provide is, you know, a space for people to share, for people to share ideas ideas, tips, advice on what worked for them because everyone's on a quest to, you know, do something better. How can I get my kids to eat better? How can I get my kids to sleep better? So, okay, here are the resources. Let's share them and then choose and and select something that, you know, is for yourself. And I think Tiger Moms Club was chosen also because, you know, there are lots of American or British-based, you know, Instagram accounts that cater for what, you know, they, they deal with in that part of the world that is specific. But we also wanted to draw a little bit of Asian sensibilities into it. We were working on a story about, you know, different confinement practices between the Chinese families and the Malays, um, which was, you know, something that is very unique to where we're from. Before we end um, our discussion on Tiger Parenting today, we do have three questions that we always ask every guest. So the first one is, what's your worst parenting moment? 
Honestly, it's not even that bad now that I think of it. But I remember that one morning I woke up, I felt so shitty. Um, and I spent the whole day just being like, you know, upset, disappointed with myself. You'll laugh. I mean, okay, so I think she was probably, I want to say, three or four months old. And she's always been a, a decent sleeper. But, you know, there, there are always like variations to it. And I remember, you know, I tell me telling my husband that, okay, we're going to move into the other room because... Baby used to have her own room, but somebody would be in the room with her, okay, on, on night guard. But I felt like it was a time for us to separate. So we went into our own room and I said, okay, if she does cry in the middle of the night, we're going to wait. We're going to wait 10 minutes before we go in, okay? Because most of the time when she's crying, she's actually not awake. Or if you wait, she'll just fall into the next sleep cycle. And then that particular night, she woke up like every three or four hours crying like five to ten minutes each time and then I was like telling my husband well she did go back to sleep she didn't really you know um need us or anything so I was like yay really happy and then when I woke up the next morning and I picked her I was like hi and then she pooed in her diaper and then I was like, oh my God, is that why she was crying for us? And like me stupidly thinking that I was trying to build good sleeping habits and I had her stewing in her poo. And, you know, it's such a big thing in the early days because, you know, they could get like UTI and, you know, that sort of that. And I just felt so, so bad. It sounds like it's nothing now, but but yeah, I remember that day was horrible. <laughs> oh, um. I 100% relate to that story. There were a few times where you'd be trying some form of sleep training and I did do some gentle forms of sleep training. But yeah, you'd leave the little one. I remember one time, you know, the Marcel's crying a lot. You go in and you realise they're all wrapped up in their covers or some, you know, there's something that wasn't their fault and they're crying and yeah, there's guilt associated. But it's like so normal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say... And this is kind of the second question we like to ask. What would be your best parenting moment you can remember? Oh, man. I don't know that this one particular moment, but I think, you know, when when I wake up in the morning, you know, and I go into her room, and I think that's one plus side about COVID and the pandemic. I've always been with her every night, every day. Is, you know, when, when I see her waking up, she's happy. When I see her doing her stuff and, you know, she's thriving and she's doing so well. And, oh my God. (laughs) Um, And, you know, sometimes my husband and I look at each other and we're like, I think we did something right, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) Wait, that's really cute. I'm also getting emotional. We're all going to cry. Because we have the same, I think I go through the same emotion every single day. We have a helper, but every morning I'd be be like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go in to wake him up. You just wait because I want to like see him all smiling. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very special moment. Um, Okay, last question. What is the thing you wish you knew before you became a parent? Okay, I think, what did I wish before? I I wish someone told me, but but that's an oxymoron in itself because (laughs) I wish someone would tell me, or rather I would write a letter to myself two years ago saying that there are going to be a lot of opinions. Everyone's going to have, you know, sometimes like non-malicious opinions about every single topic out there. And... And that's okay. 
I think as a new mom, because it's so overwhelming, some comments, they come off as, you know, personally, you know, attacking or like, you know, trying to change some things and you're just so overwhelmed by everything. So I think I would I would tell myself that, you know, there are going to be a lot of, you know, opinions, ideas, but ultimately, you know, be confident enough because I feel like motherhood is not a science. It's, it's instinctual. It's something that's very natural. And, you know, I feel like if you were given a baby, you are, you, you are given the ability to care for it. Mm, and there's so many well-intentioned uh, opinions that are given to us that just, you know, it's not helpful, is it, when you've got a little baby? Yeah, but exactly. yeah, we need. And we, some of them do come from, you know, good, absolutely, good, you know, yes. um, background. I, I don't know what what's that word. I think for it's it. good intentions. Yeah, good intentions. Yeah. yeah. But then, as a new mom, when we're trying to navigate everything, it can be so hurtful if the the good intentions are just saying do the opposite of what you're doing, exactly. right? Yeah. But you also don't want to have, you know, either ends of it where no one's giving you advice or opinion and then you feel so alone. That's right, because we so, don't know what we're doing. <laughs> no. So I think let it all come. It's okay. And then, you know, take take what you feel works for you. Mm. Yeah. Well, Annabelle, it's been an awesome discussion. It's been so great talking to you today. Um, we are we're very appreciative um, <laughs> to you coming here and sharing such personal things about, you know, how you raised your kid or you know, your second pregnancy. Yeah, it's really interesting talking about tiger parenting and it's, um, yeah, there's definitely, I think, a modern take on tiger parenting I now. I agree. And I, I really like today's topic because, you know, couple years ago it would be an unpopular opinion almost yes. but like you said you know there there are positives out of it and we are trying to promote a positive spin it doesn't have to be all bad like you know you want your kids to swim you want your kids to learn music great you know we're just giving them all the opportunities that maybe we didn't have as children and then letting them decide for themselves absolutely <laughs> thank you so much annabelle it's been wonderful to talk to you thank today you. thank you well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Big thank you to Annabelle for joining us in that lively discussion on tiger parenting. If you would like to continue the conversation with us, you can head to our Facebook group, Growing Pain Singapore. I would love to hear from our listeners whether you identify unwillingly or willingly as a tiger parent. And also, if you would like to find out more about the types of mums you'll meet at the school gate in Singapore, we have put together a tongue-in-cheek guide from the activewear mum, yes, we are guilty of this, to corporate organic vegan mum and more. We'll make sure that there are links to the show notes for that article. And did you also know that Honey Kids Asia produces a weekly roundup of all the best things to do in Singapore? It's my inspo for where to take the boys on the weekend. Every Wednesday, you can check out the weekend guide filled to the brim with the latest happenings in the little red dot. And join me next week as we discuss raising feminists with Ramita Anand. See you next time.